let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back again to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. I'm Scott Tucker. Hope you had a, a great Thanksgiving given the circumstances, but I know we we did here uh, where I'm at and, and we're just really excited to get back into finishing off the year and uh, getting a lot of veteran voices out there because it's all about communication. We talk about this so much. How do we know how to speak as a veteran as we're entering the civilian workforce and really excited to bring on a i'm guessing a serial entrepreneur someone an air force academy grad got out in the 90s but i, I know there's more to the story getting out of the military and getting into entrepreneurship uh, especially you haven't gotten on before you know, as the internet age was coming on and how things have changed. So definitely a lot of things to talk about. But as I just found out, fellow former paperboy, Larry Gast, thank you for joining us. You, you are the CEO of Leg Ventures. And uh, thanks for coming on, Larry. Really appreciate it. Happy to be here, Scott. And you'll see one of my passions and what I love doing is networking and supporting and encouraging and sharing uh, my experiences if they're helpful at all and advice suggestions to other other vets and veteran entrepreneurs i know i i could use some of it myself it's hard to find good mentors but the the one thing i think we're, we luck out on in the veteran entrepreneur community is we are a subset of a subset niche and we, hey, if, if we find some like a little tip or trick that we know we can share uh, with others, we want to do that. We feel compelled to do it because especially more and more these days, it's almost imperative that veterans understand the opportunities of some version of entrepreneurship, but you don't have to go out and start a crazy big business all the time, but to create other sources of incomes so that you can control so you don't get at risk of getting laid off or a whole industry disappearing either because of a virus or because of new technology or stuff like that. So I'm sure you've seen it all. Why don't you introduce us with a little bit of your story, how you got into the military and, and, and got out of it into what you're doing now? Sure. Let me start off first with, I have some military, former military in my family. My dad is 85 year old Navy CB vet, used his Navy years uh, to help him finish college and I get a civil engineering degree. And then my cousin, Steve, is a 71, also Air Force grad like me. Grew up on the East Coast of Florida, right by the Space Center. And I was the student athlete, like a lot of kids. And I didn't know at that point in time when I was 18, if I wanted to still keep trying to play baseball and basketball in college, or if I wanted to go to engineering school like my dad. And the only thing I knew for sure was I wanted to try something different than Florida. I'd grown up my whole 18 years there and I decided to apply to the academies and also Purdue and Georgia Tech because they're known for engineering and all three academies wanted me to play baseball there and 
the funny story is I only visited Navy and I chose to go to Air Force without even <laughs> looking at it because my cousin Steve said they'll have the best lifestyle for you there. In mm-hmm. Air Force. And, and I knew that if I was able to go there, I'd be able to serve my country, see if I liked the military enough to make it a short or a long-term career. And I knew that if I ever got hurt enough or if my grades were suffering too much, that I would have the choice of continuing to play baseball or not and still keep my scholarship. So that was part of my reason in doing that. That's how I started in the military is going through the academy and then serving my initial five-year obligation. Yeah, it's funny. I I went to West Point. I applied to Navy. I didn't get in there. Never thought to apply to the Air Force Academy for some reason. But I ended up having a job as liaison officer to the 52nd Fighter Wing and made all these buddies, Air Force Academy buddies. And I was like, man, I chose the wrong academy. <laughs> these guys had it had, had a lot better. So the lifestyle well, thing. <laughs> we're, they're all tough. Don't get me wrong, but I know yeah. you guys probably think the Air Force guys, you know, were the weak ones. But that's not no, I, I think legitimately they, they were the smart ones. That, the, when I learned working with, I was in an Intel shop, but it was all, it was just amazing to watch the Air Force do what they do. As a as an Army guy, obviously with close air support being an important thing in recent years, but just to see the professionalism, it's, hey, we're the idiots who chose to you know, run around in the mud. We know better, but I like to know that i think that army guys tend to be army navy there's the joke there but legitimately i've run into a lot more army guys in the entrepreneurship you know realm i think that has to do with small unit leadership and i don't know that's just my theory but tell us how you got in after you got out what were you planning on doing and what happened sure like i mentioned to you a little bit before i was actually somewhat of an entrepreneur in high school I was playing ball and everything, baseball, basketball, and but I was also on the side. I had a little landscaping, yard cutting business, and I also was your plain old fashioned paper boy. So back then, I was already dealing with dealing with difficult customers at times and deliveries that are late, which causes me to be late and having to collect from people and dealing with the uncertainties of the weather and stuff. So anyway, so I had it in me before I went to the academy. And then when I was active duty out in California, my last assignment, I started doing my uh, master's degree at night while I was still active duty. And I really enjoyed the entrepreneur type uh, courses that I took there. And I started thinking about when I do decide to get out, that's what I really think I want to do. And and, uh, that kind of got me started on it. And then when I decided to get out for several reasons, one was I didn't want to have to move around and as much as and I realized I knew I was going to have to. When I immediately got out, I went to work like the safe route, which is like what a lot of people do. And I went and worked for uh, Northrop, a defense contractor, doing the same thing, just on a different side of the fence. But I happened to be in L.A. at the time when that recession was hitting. And I said to myself that I don't think this is the most stable industry right now. And if, and if I want to really go into uh, my own company and start a business or whatever, probably the best thing to do is cut my teeth for a while and, and uh, go get in sales um, where I can improve my people skills and networking and listening and all that. And uh, one of the benefits of being in sales is you get to feel like you're in business for yourself, but you're not taking the risk that you would. 
And, and so I have to admit, during my five years that I worked at MetLife out in California, I was a sales rep and then also an assistant manager, recruiting and training other people. And that was some of the best experience you could get at being in business for your, as close to as being in business for yourself, because being in business is tough. And next to that is being in sales. And it was a good experience for me. And I would highly encourage before any that decided to start any type of a business or buy one or whatever, if they can, is go get good at your people skills and your sales skills. Because guess what? If you're not good with either of those, you won't be in business for very long. Right. And mm -hmm. sales and, and networking and people skills and being polite but firm with people and asking questions and trying to be helpful and honest and, and not over promising more than you can deliver. And you just you can't predict the weather and you can't predict what's going to happen in, in your business all the time. You also can't predict what people are going to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and what they're not going to do, and they'll say they'll do this, and then actually do something different, or decide they want to hold still. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, that was so the precursor of going off and starting my own ventures was my entrepreneurial stuff before I went to the academy, what I learned in grad school, and my five years in sales before I started my first venture. Wow, that that's I love all that because there's a part of that story that I forgot for even myself before I even got in the military as a kid, I was. So taking my dad's firewood and trying to sell it to the neighbors. I was, I had my own paper out mowing yards. Those are entrepreneurial things that many of us have done in a way. And we forget that we've, we, we started those skill sets, but that really at the end of the day, you said it, Hey, those sales and marketing, marketing skills are really what, what allows you to, to, to go get what you want in, and, and it's about communication sales. Unfortunately, it's got a, you know, bad connotation to it. It's like, all it is is persuasion. It's communication. It's something we do every day. Right. It, it's a little, it's a little bit of that, but I said that the key is, is be genuine, ask mm -hmm. questions that you need to know, expect the fact that people aren't always going to be honest with you. Okay. And hold your ground. Some people try to talk down to you, okay? And anyway, but the biggest thing is ask the right questions, pay attention to the details, follow up with people like they expect you to be, whatever. That's some of the biggest differences between successful business people and successful salespeople is they pay attention. They follow, you know, follow um, and take notes and remember things and pay attention to the, to. It's so important and so rare. And, and the reason why a lot of salespeople get bad raps is because they aren't necessarily as caring and, and pay attention and, and listen as much as they should. That's why they get the rap they do in many cases. Yeah. yeah, there's I've run into some veterans who claim to be like, I'm a good salesman because I was a good recruiter. And it's there's more about manipulation in a way or just being strong arming people. And it's what you're trying to do is be helpful. I have a thing that might help you. I, I do not know. Uh, if I don't tell you about it, how am I doing my job? Yeah. Larry, t talk a little bit more about how do we do that communication? You said, hey, be firm, but be polite. But a lot of times, hey, it's an eat what you kill world in any form of business. And the, you know, a lot of nerves and stuff. And so that you know, how, how do we stay calm in, in that type of environment? Because you, you got to be patient. You got to wait. You got to learn. And you can't learn it overnight because they don't teach this stuff in school. They don't teach this stuff in the military typically, right? No, 
<clears throat> no, but I guess I would just have to say that everything starts first with know what you have to offer, know your you know products and services, what what your strengths and weaknesses are. Right, you're not going to be the solution for everybody, and and also just as important is make sure you're talking to the right people. The what's if you're in business, if you're in sales, you make sure you deal only with the decision makers. Okay. And the decision makers know that's what you're talking to. And so the people, there's going to be people in between. They're going to make it difficult for you. But you have to be persistent, but not annoying. And like I said, ask good questions, take good notes, have confidence in what you're doing, that you actually have something that, or a combination of things that you're trying to be helpful. And you can't do a good job if, you, if they're not honest with you and if they don't let you talk to them and, and ask them the questions that you need to know. And I, I think... Uh, a lot of sales people and business people sometimes give up too much or get discouraged because the thing is you're, um, you're not talking to the right people at the right time and how prospects are in business and in individual you know, retail type customers. A lot of times people do things only when they have to. Okay? And sometimes when they have to, it's too late. And, and sometimes also people tend to avoid difficult decisions when it's so easy to do nothing, okay? Yeah. I can't hear you, Scott. You're muted there. Oh, okay. I, was, I said it was, which is a decision in itself. A decision to do nothing right. in, in, in pause so, is, is so still- Your job in, in business and, and your job in sales or whatever is not to coerce people, to pressure people, to try to win arguments with them. Your job is to spend your time with the people that want to do something and they need your help to make an intelligent decision and know what their options are. That's what your job is. Absolutely. No, thank thank you for sharing that wisdom. It's a skill set that goes back. It's available to anyone. Have you found, have you run into a lot of veterans in your career in sales? Do you have any insight from what you've seen about what they're doing right or wrong? Our veteran, you know, the assumption might be, oh, veterans are great for entrepreneurship. I could speak generally. Veterans, it's funny. Some of the things that are our strengths are also some of our weaknesses. Mm. On the one hand, we're we're used to dealing with the curveball and how do we adjust now? And and we still have a job to perform, even though it's unpleasant and difficult. The we're tough and persistent, but sometimes we don't know when to give up and move on to the next thing. Also, the funny thing is that we're all part of a team. We're in the military. We're all supposed to be thinking of if I do this or if I don't do this, what's how's it impact my team and what everybody's roles are and everything. And we realize we can't necessarily in the military do the mission if we try to do it all ourselves. And but yet when people get out of the military and go into business, they think they're a Superman that can do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to, you know how men were guilty of when we get lost in the car, we don't want to stop and ask for directions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? It's because we're <laughs> we don't like to show that we don't have the answers or we're, right. we're we might have come across as weak. You can't be successful in business because doing it all yourself. There's a lot of people and a lot of things that determine your ability to be successful in business. And you have to be aware of that and use the right advisors and school yourself and and think about things legally if you do something. And is it Sometimes what happens in business as well is you have prospects and customers that want something, but they're not willing to pay enough to make it worthwhile to you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right? We're not in business to do things for free. That's what we call a hobby. <laughs> and we're not in business to break even. That's what we call practice. 
Okay. And I can, I can make no money sitting at home doing nothing. Okay. Why take risk? Okay. You know? right. So it goes back to, again, we have a lot of good things. We're tough. We can quit generally quick learners. We're goal oriented, but sometimes we don't have the best people skills. We don't listen as well as we should. And sometimes we don't ask for help when we should. Those right. pluses and minuses of being better. Yeah, I can relate myself. I was expecting there to be orders. There's someone to show me how to do it, but I had to really go figure it out for myself, find various education resources, mentors. And so I know that's what you're doing now. You help, you're helping in real estate and business, businesses get off the ground. How did you, how did you decide to start that? And and what exactly are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like ventures. I'll give you a little bit about what I do. So mm-hmm. I obviously took that uniform off 30 years ago. I'm a, <laughs> an old veteran relatively, but I knew the struggles I went through after I got out to try to figure out what I wanted to do and how to do it the right way. And 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 I never had any resources available to me at that time that I knew of. And I said to myself several years ago, I said, maybe I can do something to share some of my experiences or encourage other people to do things and maybe along the way. And so what I decided to do were uh, two things primarily at the time, several, a few years ago was I said, if I can do something to help other veterans, including those that are business owners to help with their networking skills or help them be more comfortable talking with people, then I'll do that. And for years I've hosted, an after hours social type business mixer thing. And I always invite veterans to it. And I'm, it's my pleasure to introduce them to people and share that and get them more comfortable talking around people because I love doing that. And then also fairly recently, I started a lunchtime group where I bring together veteran entrepreneurs in our area and now somewhat out of our area to get them around each other and say, look, what are you doing? What's your background? How's it going for you type thing and be a source of encouragement and share information. Maybe we can help each other in our and generate ideas to help each other in our businesses and do it in a safe manner. And I t- tell them that when we get together, I don't care at all. I just put your, I always say, put your ego to the thing. We're not in the military anymore and you don't outrank me and I don't outrank you. Okay, and the fact that I'm Air Force or your Army or your West Point and I'm not, or that means nothing. We're all brothers and sisters <laughs> if we can yeah. help each other. And then just as important as that is laughing together. And we all got stories. <laughs> In many cases, Scott, you can't make them up. And, and I think uh, so much of life is, is expecting that not much of anything that you plan is going to happen the way you hope it's going to go. Okay? And yeah. the key is... The key is how you react to that and how quickly you react to that. Mm -hmm. I I think back when I was a 22 year old second Lieutenant and one of my first commanding officers was a Colonel Fulbrook Colonel. And he told me something that stuck with me the rest of my life and, and has continued. And he said, this is Lieutenant gas. He says, I'm never going to yell at you for making a mistake especially a, one that's not a big one. He says, he's, he felt, he says, if you're not making any mistakes and you're not taking any chances, mm-hmm. okay? And he said, what I'm going to yell at you about is if you keep making the same mistakes. Yeah. And it's the same thing in the business world. We make mistakes, things don't work out the way we hope, whatever. 
what can we do next time to not make that same mistake again? Yeah, absolutely. We have to fail forward. And we talk often about on this show that, that the military transition itself, that individual who was used to the expectations are, well, if you know, I stay in the military this long, if I go to this school, uh, I, I will get promoted. It can, you can plan out a military career pretty closely because it's a lot of it's done for you. If you're this branch of service, you have to do certain things if you want to move forward. And that's just completely out the window when you're in the business world and you just got to learn from the mistakes there. You can go to as many entrepreneurship courses and classes as you want, but there is no cutting, cutting true way. Right? And, and I just, the, one of the things that is my, another one of my passions is I started in this past May now uh, running a national network it's new we're all air force academy grads around the country oh right? cool and and i thought to myself there's an estimated we got 60 years of graduates now mm -hmm. and if you figure the average class has graduated about a thousand i know mine did and i don't know obviously not all of them are alive anymore and obviously not all of them care anymore about doing something different or yeah whatever. but i'm trying to pull together those uh, graduates in a variety of age ranges and experience levels and say, some of us are business people. What can mm -hmm. we do together? Right. And all of us have a desire to, to make money for our families and our retirement and all that. And my thought was why wait until you're after you're out of the military to start planning for that transition. You can yeah, start exactly. learning things while you're still in once again, I was in my early twenties when, or late twenties when I got out. I didn't know anything, mm -hmm. and so nowadays, vets and veteran entrepreneurs, there are so many resources out there available if you want to take advantage of them. There's no excuse if you just ask around. Where there's all kinds of programs and people around to help you. We didn't have that when I was, because I didn't know of that. So there's no excuse if you don't want to be a part of it. And anyway, so I, like I said, I enjoy the camaraderie, the laughter, and anybody who knows me knows that I don't start or end a meeting without saying something that makes everybody laugh. If, if they yeah. can't come up with something, then I will. Life's too short. And, and like veterans, we make, like I said, we, like people in general, we make mistakes, we make stupid choices. It happens. And, but we're real people. And on anybody that's been in business for a while, including me, I'd be the first to tell you, I've made mistakes. I've trusted people too much. I've had things happen that didn't work out as planned. I've been through two failed startups that I was working with mm -hmm. along the way. And it's a journey to just try not to make the same mistakes. That's the key. Never give yeah. up same mistakes. You know? Well, Larry, thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, so much wisdom in, in a, a short period of time. My big takeaways are the, the networking aspect, the communication, get past the gatekeeper, get to the decision maker. So if, if you're just looking for a job, just handing out resumes, that's not the decision maker. Ultimately, yeah, have, again, when I was in my 20s and whatever, there was no LinkedIn to help right. find <laughs> people. That's a wonderful tool. What? As good a tool as it is, there's still no substitute for that personal interaction. Yeah. That's what matters the most. And, and, and now, obviously, with this COVID going on, you can't feel comfortable meeting up with people and certainly in crowds of people, but you can talk to people. And I just find that when you're dealing with another veteran, generally speaking, 
your chances of having a nice discussion and the door being open is much better than the average public. Much yeah. better. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, we, I mean, we, yeah, we understand each other. We've been through similar things. And, and uh, let me just wrap since I know we're wrapped for time is I know we just finished Thanksgiving, but I certainly want for all the vets that listen in on this, thank you for your service out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope you have a, I hope you had somewhat of a safe and normal Thanksgiving. I know that's very difficult and it's going to be very hard Christmas coming up, but we'll get through this. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, And take this time to retool and plan ahead for next year. And and no matter how much you plan, I can guarantee it's not going to go according to plan. Yep. Nobody saw this coming a year ago. That's for sure. So, (laughs) And if somebody ran around predicting it, they'd think you were crazy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, Plan, planning for the worst, the only thing to do is, is full responsibility and, and find your own opportunities where you're a best fit. Guess what ends up happening? You smile and laugh a lot more and, and you network with more of the right people you should be hanging around versus the ones maybe you thought yeah. you're supposed to. Or yeah. And let me yeah. let me wrap with this. That, yeah. that, you know, me personally, the opportunity to meet new people and hear their stories and laugh together and share ideas. That's exhilarating and exciting to me. Other people, that's draining and scary to them. Okay. Right. Somewhere in between is where you probably need to be if you want to be successful in business. Yep. I'm a complete introvert and I, I do this as a way, this fills me up. I know I'm having fun. I get, I get to talk. I know I have a, people say I have a radio voice and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I might yeah. as well try it out and learn the skill set and get better at talking to people. One of the, as you said, hey, learn to listen. I was, I'm an idea guy. I wanted to do this to, to learn to actively listen better. And guess what? Anybody can do this for free. And what does it hurt to interview another veteran, allow them to put their message out, more people find out about you, so on and so forth. So on that note, who should be contacting you, Larry? And, uh, and how do they get a hold of you? Uh, okay. Certainly the best way to get a hold of me is uh, through my LinkedIn thing. All my contact info's there. Like I said, my I'm a very diverse individual and I have a lot of different interests in a lot of different things, but the, a big, certainly a big portion of that is revolving around veterans. And, gotcha. uh, and I wish I could say to you, Scott, that every vet that I know is a first class individual and I, but I'd be lying to you if I did. <laughs> well, we are a subset of the human population. <laughs> right. You have some bad apples in every profession and every community or whatever, but generally speaking, good, hardworking people, and uh, good family people. And it's my pleasure to know a bunch of them and share our stories. And and I think that I'm lucky to have that. And uh, if you remember, I think less than 1% of the people ever wear the uniform. Okay. And less than uh, probably five to 10% of them are ever going to try to start or buy a business. And probably 80% of those that try to start and buy one are not going to last five years. Be realistic with people that that if you're going to try to start something, if you're married or something, make sure your spouse is totally behind you with it. And not all are. It's easier to just mm-hmm. go get a job somewhere. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just find that I don't know how you'd be successful in, in life at all with and in, in business without good people around you that are encouraging you, supportive environment. And that that's motivating you to keep doing what you're doing. It's for them as well. Yeah. Very important to me. And, and it's very important in you're taking a risk. You're paying a price, just like you did in the military. Mm-hmm. It's just a different risk, different risk, different thing. So anyway, pleasure to talk with you. You can, yeah. Like said, but anybody that's 
uh, interested and in, in, or maybe that I can be of some value too. I've yet to meet a business owner that was complaining they were making too much money, never had any headaches, was well capitalized, everything's going according to plan, life is good. I've never met that at all, at least. And if I did, it didn't last forever that things change. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. More money means bigger problems sometimes. <laughs> but Thanks for having me. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. No, no like, honestly, I felt like that second lieutenant and you were that colonel in the entrepreneur world during this conversation. So I, I know many others have and, and will feel that as they come across this video on the internet. But yeah, stick around when I log off here because I, I do have someone I want to introduce you to in, in Charlotte and talk about a little bit. But Great. awesome. Thanks again for coming on and for everybody else, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. All right, bye-bye now. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.